Demai Perak Aleph Mishn Aleph. Hakalim Shabbat Mai. As explained in the Akdama, Demai is the produce of Amoretz. Since we're not sure that the Amoretz took of Maisa properly, the Chachom or Masakan, that we need to take of Maisa before eating any produce that we get from him. However, we don't need to actually give the Maisa Rishon to Halevi. It's enough to declare a tenth of the produce Maisa, then a separate Trumas Maisa from that. You do need to give it, actually give it to the Kain. The owner may keep the rest of the Maisa himself. Okay, so nevertheless, it's not a chiv midiraisa since most amei orts take off meiser midiraisa. Anyways, since the chiv to take off meiser from the mai is only midrabona, there are cases where the rabbanon were makel with the halochis, with halochis of the mai. So the mesechta begins with a list of different types of produce that are potter from the the mai because they're often hefker, and as mentioned in the previous mesechta and peyah, the produce that is hefker is exempt from. Meiser. Sakal and Shabbat the following Paris are are makel with regard to the Mai. Um, there are many different interpretations as to what exactly these Paris are. And uh, yeah, let's go through it. Let's go through the Mishnah. So, Hakal and Shabbat these are the following Paris that were makel about the Mai. Shisin are wild figs. Rimen is lotus. The um, it's a tree that produces small yellow berries. It was rudden, sorb apples. These are small fruits of a tree known as a service tree. Ubnaishuach, white figs. This is com- commonly grows in the forest. It has an unusually long growth cycle. It takes three years to ripen after it first emerges, which is different than regular figs who ripen very quickly. Ubnaishukma, and fruit of a hybrid fig tree. It's a fig tree that's crossbred with a chestnut tree. Vinnevlaist hatmara, and windblown dates. That means that the wind blew, that the dates were blown off the tree by the wind before they were fully ripe. And they're usually hefka because farmers generally do not bother gathering them from the ground. Mahagufnin, late season grapes. These grapes never fully ripen. The owner generally leaves them on the vine after harvesting the other grapes. Mahanitzbe and capers. All of these are low quality plants that are generally assumed to be hefka either because they grow in the wild or because their owner has no interest in them. Although we cannot be totally certain that these Paris came from Hefker, the Chachamim were making with them because the seller might have acquired the produce from Hefker, which the case is not obligated in Meiser at all. And even if it didn't come from Hefker, maybe he took of Meiser from, maybe took of Meiser from it. So since it's a Svek Sveko, a double Suffolk about the Chiv of Meiser, the Chachamim were making without taking of Meiser. Ubi Yehuda, What's going on over here? What's Yehuda? What are we talking about? Eretz Yisrael, which is the land that's the west of the Yardin, is divided into two parts. The southern part is Yehuda, and the northern part is the Golil. The list of Paris mentioned above were often Hefker and Potter from the Mai, only in Golil, but considered important and not Hefker in Yehuda, and therefore in Yehuda they'll be Mechuyiv in the Mai. So the mission is going to list a bunch of different Paris for which the opposite is true, that they're Hefker in Yehuda, but they're important in Golu. So in Ubi Yehuda, in Yehuda the Chachamim were Mekel with the following foods, since they're not important and were often Hefker. Oig, with an Aleph, is Sumak. A Sumak tree produces clusters of edible red berries, which were not considered important in Yehuda. Vahachayim Sheb Yehuda, and vinegar from Yehuda. Generally, vinegar was produced from the wine that got sour, since grapes are an important crop, such vinegar would be mechuyiv in Dmai. However, in the times of the Beis HaMikdash, when the wine that was used for Nesachim on the Mizbeach would come from Yehuda, that those grapes never soured and that wine never went bad. It was B'derech Neis. 
So in those times, Yehuda made vinegar from a low-quality drink known as temed, which is mentioned a couple of times in the Mishnahs over here, which was produced by soaking grape seeds, which are not significant and usually hefker on water for a while, and eventually gives it the flavor. This applied only during the Mizmana Mikdash, but after the Chorban, this nay stopped, and the people in Yehuda made vinegar in the usual manner from sour wine, so therefore the vinegar in Yehuda was included in the Chiv of Tamai, like the vinegar of any other place. Bahakuzbar, coriander, and so these are things that were chashav in Yehuda. Yehuda says, Kalashis and Peturim, all wild figs are Pater Chutzmishal Dufra, except for those from Dufra. What is Dufra? So Dufra is a Greek word which is a contraction of du pro, which is two fruits, which refers to a species of fig trees that produce crops twice a year. As a general rule, figs produce a lot of figs very quickly. Kol harim and pturim, all lotus are potter from meiser, potter from meichutz merime shikmaina, except for shikmaina, which is the name of a place, and maybe near, what, somewhere near Haifa today. Kol b'nei shikma pturis. All the fruits of the hybrid fig tree are patachutz menham mustafais, except for those that split open on the tree. All of these are higher quality fruit, which according to Behuda are usually grown in privately owned orchards. Therefore, unlike the related species, such produce cannot be assumed to have come from the wild. It's something that people grow. Okay, Mishnah base. During the first, second, fourth, and fifth years of the Shemitah cycle, Maishashani must be separated from the produce. The produce separated as Maishashani is then taken to Shulam and eaten there, Bitara. The Torah also allows the owner to be paid at a Maishashani onto money. The money must be taken to Shulam where it's used to buy food that must be eaten over there, the Chachamim, or Machayev, that Maishashani be separated from Demai as well. Nevertheless, a number of halachas that normally apply to Maishashani do not apply to Maishashani Shal Demai. Now the Mishnah is going to go through what these halachas are. Hadamai en leichaymish. Demai does not have to add a fifth when you're being paid to Maizashani. The person who normally redeems Maizashani has to add a chaymish, has to add a fifth, but Maizashani shal demai is not mechuyiv in the fifth. Maizashani may be redeemed by selling it to another person or by exchanging it for one's own money. If someone uses his own money to, to be paid to Maizashani, he must add an additional payment, which is a fifth of the final amount. This means that if, for example, the produce was worth four dinner, he adds a quarter of the original amount and pays a total of five dinner. The additional dinner is referred to as a chaymesh since it amounts to a chaymesh of the, of the final payment. Now, if someone was paid to Maizashani but did not add a chaymesh, so then it's, it's, still, it's still a good opinion. Therefore, in terms of Maizashani Shaldamai, the Chachamim, relied on the fact that the majority of Amiyaras do take off Maizashani and allowed Maizashani of Demai to, for the owner to be paided, even initially L'Chathchila, without this additional payment. The Engle beer, it's not Mechuyev in beer. what's beer? So before Pesach of the fourth and seventh years of the Shemitah cycle, the owner must remove all Trumas and Maizas from the previous three years. Truma must be given to the Koyin, a Maizashani to the Levi, and any, any Maizashani or the money of Maizashani that remains in his possession that cannot be eaten in Yerushalayim must be destroyed. This is known as beer Maizas. So Mishnah is teaching us that the Chachamim were not mechaiv this with the Ma'vinechel It may be eaten by an Oinein, somebody whose close relative died that day. So upon the death of one of a person's seven close relatives, whether it's a father or a mother or a brother, sister or son, a daughter or a spouse, he or she is considered an Oinein. An Oinein is also to eat Ma'vinechel like the Pazak says, Le'echalti be'oinei mimenu. The Mishnah is saying that this restriction does not apply to Ma'vinechel of the Ma'vinechel. 
And unlike regular Maishasheni, after he enters Yushalayim, after the Paris enters Yushalayim, he may take it out. Maishasheni may not be, you can't be paid to Maishasheni in Yushalayim. Nevertheless, according to the Dine HaToyra, if Maishasheni was brought back, was was brought into Yerushalayim, it may be taken back out, and you could be paid it. However, the Chachamim were geyser, the ones Meister Shani was brought into Yerushalayim, it may not be removed from the city, and must be eaten there. The Mishnah teaches that this zero of Meister Shani not being able to leave Yerushalayim does not apply to Demai. And unlike regular Meister Shani, we may abandon a small portion of it on the road. Someone is bringing regular Meister Shani to Yerushalayim, may not allow even a small amount of it to become lost on the way. However, regarding Demai, this is mutter. The Rambam defines a small amount as anything less than the size of a dried fig. One may give it to an Amorath to eat in Yerushalayim, but the one giving it must eat an equal amount in Yerushalayim. We may not give regular Maizashani to an Amorath, since we're concerned that he may eat it while he is Tameh, which is going to be awesome with the rise of Chacham, however, were mekel by Maestro Shani Shaldamai, and their matir, they allowed it to be given to an Amorat. So if a person gives Maestro Shani with Maita Amorat, he must treat an equal amount of his own money as the money of Maestro Shani. Therefore, he must spend it on food that will be eaten betara in Yerushalayim. The Chachamim were mechaiv this in order to prevent people from regularly using the kula that's matir to give Maestro Shani of the Maita to an Amorat, since the Amorats may end up misusing the Maestro and end up being over on Yisurim, so we have to be careful about that, so we, we're not going to do that. When a person redeems Maestro Shani by transferring the Kedusha onto money, he may again transfer the Kedusha of these coins onto other coins. Now there are limitations exactly how this halacha works. However, he may not transfer the Kedusha onto coins of the same type, meaning silver coins onto silver coins, nor may he transfer the Kedusha onto produce outside of Yushalayim. So, Maizar Shani Shel Demai, you're allowed to be Mekel when it comes to these halachas. Mechalim Maizar Kesef Al Kesef. It's motor to transfer the Kedusha of Maizar Shani of Demai from silver coins with which Maizar Shani of Demai was redeemed onto other silver coins. The Kedusha of Maizar Shani coins may not be transferred to coins of the same exact type because that's not considered to be the normal manner of Chilul. However, the Chacham were Mekel with coins that were used to be Poida Maizar Shani of Demai. Therefore, for example, a person wishes to buy something and he has no money with him other than the silver coins of Maestro Shani Shaldamai, he may remove the Kedusha of those coins by transferring their Kedusha onto other silver coins that he has someplace else. However, he may not. He's also allowed to transfer copper coins onto other copper coins, or from silver coins onto copper coins. When silver coins are exchanged for copper coins, the silver coins which are accepted by more people, by more merchants, are viewed as money, with which the copper coins, the produce, meaning because that's what you were mechalit on, is bought. Now when the Torah allows you to be paid the Maestro Shani after Yishalayim, it talks about transferring the Kedusha of Maestro Shani onto money, not the other way around. Therefore, just as a person is allowed to be paid the Kedusha of Maestro Shani with money, so two copper coins of regular Maestro Shani may be exchanged for silver coins, which is real money. Silver coins of Maestro Shani, on the other hand, may not be exchanged for copper coins, except in cases where there's a real tzara, where the Chachamim were mekel. With regard to the Mai, however, the Chachamim were mekel, even if there's no pressing need, and silver coins of Maestro Shani of the Mai may be exchanged for copper coins in any event. This is in line with the next halach of the Mishnah, which allows redeeming coins of Maestro Shani of the Mai with produce even outside Yerushalayim. 
Unachoshes al Paris, v'yachzer v'yivtes al Paris divi remeir. It's mutter to be mechalal the kedusha of Meiser Sheni of the Mai from Nachoshes onto or or silver coins onto Paris. As explained in the previously, as we just explained, the Chacham were mekel by Meiser Sheni of the Mai and allowed you to be mechalal. Um, coins of Meitzer Sheni of Demai with produce even outside Yerushalayim. And he may redeem the produce back onto the money instead of bringing the produce to Yerushalayim to be eaten. Normally, if the Kedusha of Meitzer Sheni money was transferred onto Paris, the Paris may not be redeemed. Rather, it must be taken to Yerushalayim. Remeir holds that this rule does not apply to Meitzer Sheni Shaldemai, and produce exchanged for money of Meitzer Sheni may be redeemed. The reason why produce onto which the Kedusha of Meitzer Sheni was Neschalal may not be exchanged back for money, may be in order to discourage a person from transferring the Kedusha back and forth, which can result in his continuously putting off bringing the produce to Yerushalayim. Interesting halacha. The produce may not, you can't be pointed onto the coins again. Rather, the produce must be brought up to Yerushalayim and eaten there. The Chachamim hold that there's no difference between Maitre Shani of the Maya and regular Maitre Shani and the Kedusha and the Kedusha's Meiser that's on the money of even if it's the Mai, it was transferred onto the produce and the produce you may not be nifta can't be pointed. Halakach Mishnah Gimel Halakach Lazaro Labehema Tevel may not be eaten. So besides for that, certain other forms of benefit like planting or any benefit that results in the Tevel being used up, such as feeding it to animals or lighting an oil lamp with it, is also usher. There's a difference, however, in the severity of these yisurim. Someone who eats tevel is mechuyiv misibidei shemayim. While the iser of hana, there's no einish. However, as far as the ma'ay is concerned, the chachamim were mekel with regard to having various types of hana from the produce that was brought, that was bought for uses other than eating. This is because these uses are not as severe as explained previously. So the Mishnah lists a number of uses that are potter from the halachas of the ma'ay. So a person who buys produce from, from an amaharetz for planting or for feeding animals, or kemach lo'eres, flour for processing animal hides of leather, shemen laner, or oil for lighting a lamp, shemen losach bayes hakelem, or oil for greasing utensils, potem and admai is potter from the chiv admai, and this is because the laws of admai apply only to food that was bought for the purpose of being eaten by people, in the case of oil, to be smeared on a person's body. These foods are potter from the chiv admai only if the buyer did not originally buy the produce for use of people. However, if he originally planned to use the produce or to smear it on his body, and then he decided to use it for a different purpose, then he's going to be mechuyiv in Meiser. Mikzivu lahalon. So the Mishnah defines the northern border of the area of Eretz Yisrael with regard to the halachas of Demai. So mikzivu lahalon. Produce that was purchased from the town of Kiziv and beyond, potaman admai, because that area was not Kadosh when the Yidin came back from Bavel. The town of Ziv marked the northern boundary of the area of Eretz Yisrael that was Neskadesh by the early Bavel. Although the area beyond Ziv had originally been par- part of Eretz Yisrael from early Mitzrayim, which was the rig- original Kedusha Sa'oretz, but that Kedusha expired with the Golis Bavel. For this reason, any produce grown in is potter from Trumas and Maishus Menatera. The Chacham, however, were Mesakan, were Geyser that you have to take of Trumas and Maishus from produce of that area. So it's only Midrabana. Nevertheless, they did not require the Chiyav of the Mai. Moreover, if someone buys the Mai produce there, he may assume that it's grown there and it was not imported from Eretz Yisrael. 
since as a general rule, outside of Eretz produce is assumed to be putter from the Mai, and inside Eretz produce is assumed to be Mechuyiv in the Mai, unless we have information telling us otherwise, as will be discussed throughout the Masechta. Chalas Amoretz. The Mishnah excludes various food from the Chiv of the Mai, since Amoretz are trusted to separate Maishas from such foods. Let's say Chalo. So Chalas Amoretz. When eating dough for bread or the like, the Torah requires that a portion of it known as challah be separated and given to the coin. The Mishnah teaches that challah, which a coin receives from Amoretz, is not mochuyim in the Mai. And the reason for this kula is that Amoretz is makbed on Taurus. Therefore, although Amoretz may normally be lax with regard to Miser, they can be relied upon to take off Miser of this kind of status. The Mishnah is speaking of dough that was needed by someone who's trusted not to allow Taurus to become Tameh. Otherwise, we must assume that the Amarats caused the dough to become Tameh, in which case the Chala may not be eaten in any event. Vahamaduma, and a mixture of Truma and Chulun of Amarats, because Truma may only be eaten by a kind. Even if a small amount of Truma becomes mixed into Chulun, the entire mixture must be treated as Truma and may be eaten only by the Kahanam, unless the volume of the Truma is less than a hundredth of the Chulun, in which the case the Truma will become bottle. Since the owner may not eat this mixture, he has no choice but to sell to a kain who is allowed to eat truma, even though the chulin into which the truma became mixed into belongs to an amaoretz, which is normally is mechuyiv and demai. The kain who receives such a taruvas from amaoretz does not need to take off meiser, and this is because amaoretz is going to be careful about it because he's careful about truma, he's just not careful about meiser. And the food that's purchased from an Amaoretz with money of Maeser Shani. As we saw in the previous Mishnah, money used to be paid in Maeser Shani must be taken to Shalim where you have to spend it on food and be eaten there. So if he was paid the, the money of Maeser Shani and it was used to purchase produce from an Amaoretz, it's not Mechuyiv in the Mai. So the Mishnah is talking about a case where the buyer tells the Amaoretz beforehand that he's buying the produce with Maeser Shani money. Since the Amaoretz realizes that the produce will now become Kaddish Pekdush as Maeser, he's careful to take of Maeser before selling it. It's only because he's interacting with the other person. and the remaining part of a Karbim Mincha that belongs to an Amaharetz, this part of the Mincha that remains after the Kaimetz, which is the part of the Mincha that's scooped up by the Kain and burnt on the Mizbeach, is separated from the Mincha. The Shirayim is eaten by the Kahanim in the in its, its Kachay Kachim, so it has to be eaten in the base of Mikdash. So the Mishnah teaches that if an Amaharetz offers a Mincha in the base of Mikdash, we're not concerned that he didn't take off Miser, meaning he for sure took off Miser, therefore the Kahanim may eat their portion without taking off Miser. So all these things are potter from Miser. Since these are all, since all these foods have a specific dusha to it, Zayam Aretz is going to be careful to take off Miser. Shemen Orev. Fragrant oil, let's say balsam oil, from an Amoretz, because it smells very good, and you're not using it for your body, as perfume or the like. So Beshamay Mechaivin. Ubeisil Poiter. Beshamay say that it's Mechuyivin Miser. Beisil say it's potter. Beisil say that Basil is going like the beginning of the Mishnah. Therefore, this oil, which is never intended for eating or smearing on the body, it's only used for its smell, is excluded from the halachas of Mai. Shammai, however, hold that the Xer of the Mai includes even foods that were not bought for eating or smearing on the body. Okay, Mishnah Dal. The Mishnah is going to discuss other halachas where we, where we are making in the Mai. Another other kulos of the Mai are Ma'arvan Boy, you can use an Erev for it. The Mishnah is referring to different types of Erevs. The first type of Erev we're talking about is the Erev Tchumen. 
that a person is not allowed to walk more than 2,000 amas from wherever he is on Shabbos. So Erev Tchumen allows a person to reach a place that's more than 2,000 amas from his actual residence. This is accomplished by putting food within 2,000 amas from where he's living. This shifts his legal residence to the place where he put the food and allows him to walk 2,000 amas beyond that point. The second type of Erev addresses the Drabonon, the Isser Drabonon, of carrying between one house in a Chatzar to another, to the Chatzar itself. Eruve Chatzeres is this by having all the people who live in that area, who live in that Chatzar, to contribute bread before Shabbos and placing all the bread into one of the houses. So it creates a single residence for all the residents of the courtyard. So neither type of Erev may be made with forbidden food. Nevertheless, as our Mishnah teaches, Demai is valid for either Erev as we'll soon see. And you may use it for Shritufei Mevoyes. So Shritufei Mevoyes is similar to Rivei Chatzar. So Chachamim Asr carrying in and out of a Mavoy, which is like an alley, a common access area into which several courtyards open, unless the residents make a Shritufei Mevoyes. This is accomplished by collecting food from all the residents and placing it in one of the courtyards. Here too, although only food that's mutter to be eaten can be used for Shritufei Mevoyes, our mission is teaching us that for Shritufei Mevoyes you can use the Mai. You make a bracha on demai, even though eating it without taking of maizer is aser. So generally speaking, a person may not make a bracha when he's eating food that's aser because it's, it's an insult to Hashem. Nevertheless, if someone's over the iser of, of demai, and he makes a bracha, he can still make birkas hamozen when he's finished. And someone who ate demai can join the zimun. When three or more men eat a meal together, they're mechuyiv in birkas hazimun. This is a bracha that you would do even after you eat demai. Although these halachas normally apply only to foods that may be eaten by heter, demai is an exception. On a certain level, demai is viewed as, as heter. It's not looked at as iser. This is because aniyam are allowed to eat demai, as we'll see in paragimel. And anyone can become poor by declaring all of his belongings ownerless, as we even saw in peya. So therefore, demai is fit to be eaten by anybody. One may take off demai even when he's not wearing clothing, when he's naked, since no bracha is said when you take off demai. A person who's not dressed may not make a bracha. For this reason, someone who's not wearing clothing may not perform any mitzvah that requires a bracha, such as trumas and since he will have to skip the bracha. So the mission is telling us that a person may take off demai even when he's not wearing clothing because it doesn't require a bracha. And the reason why no bracha is said when you take off demai is because it's only a chumrah midraban, and since the majority of Ame are take of Meiser anyways, therefore the chiv over here is lower than the regular Durabanon, and no bracha will be said at all. And also you may take it off Banish Moshes, Friday evening during Banish Moshes, which is the period between sunset and nightfall, which we're not sure yet if it's daytime, or it's not yet Shabbos, or if it's nighttime, and Shabbos has already started. So it's usur to do malacha Banish Moshes. The chachamim asur taking off Tevel or Demayan Shabbos, because that's Mesak and Mona. The Chachamim did not allow taking off Maiser from Tevel even during Banish Moshes. It's a suffix that it may be Shabbos. Demay, however, was not as Chomer, and the Chachamim allowed it to be taken off Banish Moshes. Okay, and the last halochas are Hikdish Maiser Sheni Lerishon, Ein Bekach Klum. And the last day of Pesach of the fourth and seventh years of the seven year Shemitah cycle. Somebody who owns produce is mechuyiv to make a declaration. He needs to do vidui meiser, saying that over the last three years, he separated the proper amount of his produce and dealt with them ka'alocha. This is known as vidui meiser. Now it's also to separate trumas and meisers out of order. So one who took meiser off of tevel out of order does not say vidui meiser because he didn't get it right. 
the correct order is first you take off Bikurim, then Truma, then Maisa Rishain, and then Maisa Shani. So, Hiktish Maisa Shani Lurishain and Bekachlom. But if he designated Maisa Shani of Demai before he designated Maisa Rishain, there's no problem. And he can still say Vidoy Maisa because the Chiv of Demai is much more, is much less. Shemen Shahagar Disach Betz Ba'isav. There's two more cases in the Mishnah. Uh, oil that the weaver smears on his fingers to protect him while he works. So, Chayiv Bedmai is Mechayiv in Demai. Because using this oil to protect his fingers is similar to smearing it on one's body. Now, there's a general halacha that Sichas Kishtia, smearing oil on oneself, is similar to drinking. Accordingly, just as it's also to drink the Mai oil, so too it's forbidden to rub it onto one's skin. So, it's Chayiv Bedmai. But if a person who combs wool puts it in the wool to make it easier and smoother to comb, so Patrimon and Demai. After raw wool is washed, it's combed and beaten with a stick to untangle it and prepare for spinning. This is similar to the ruling of the previous Mishnah that oil used to grease utensils is exempt from the Mai Ad Khan.